0: My degree at Oxford was in music and I think how I got into the music industry so quickly was just when I was at uni I was like okay you're you're gonna do as many internships as possible you're gonna say yes to every opportunity and the first internship I ever got was at the BBC and I interned at the BBC Proms which is a massive festival of classical music over summer and I just knew I had to like try everything I possibly could Um, to make sure that I could have this future career.
1: So hello everyone and welcome to season two of Passion Play, the podcast where you can learn from experts in a variety of fields who have achieved success from their passion. Today I have a new co-host with me named Amelia. She currently is studying engineering at Western University and is very interested in new trends, technology, and optimizing one's impact in the world. To kick off season two, we have an incredibly talented guest from London, England. Sophia Alexandra Hall was recently internationally recognized as a top talent under 25 and is a strategy, brand, and media specialist with four years of diverse experience in the music industry. Sophia is currently Partnerships Manager for the music streaming service Vialma. And if that wasn't enough, wait until you hear what Amelia has to say.
2: Yeah, so Sophia is also the founder and co-host of Who Cares About Research, a multimedia-supported podcast that aims to bring cutting-edge social research to those who it most affects. Uh, At just 23 years old, she has graduated from the University of Oxford, studied postgraduate courses in both business and journalism, and been invited to Buckingham Palace by the Queen of the United Kingdom for her service to children in care.
1: Wow. And with that, I would like to welcome Sophia onto the show. How are you, Sophia? I'm really good. Thank you for having me, guys. Super excited to have you. How are you doing today? What's your day been like? Has it been a busy day, a relaxed day? I know it's later in the day for you.
0: My day's been like pretty chill I'm not gonna lie usually I talk about how busy I am and today I had a bath and watched Netflix so (laughs) it's been super productive. Uh, No I I like it though because I I, I hardly get these days to myself. I usually have um, journalism on Saturdays but this weekend I didn't so I spent my Saturday being really productive and then I got to have a break on Sunday which was really
1: nice. That's awesome and just out of curiosity I'm curious now what show or movie were you watching on Netflix like what's your (laughs) what's your go-to show?
0: Well I don't really have a go-to show but during lockdown I've binged a lot of new seasons so I'm a sucker for like anything sci-fi and so I have gotten to season two very quickly of a show called Travelers which is about people from the future coming back to the past.
1: I've seen that I've seen that (laughs) I um I remember I watched the first or like the opening and it, it was like really interesting because like all these people started appearing and like you didn't know how they were all connected. And yeah, I, I definitely finished watching the first season. That's a really good one. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So thank you so much for being on the show. Super excited to have you. You're honestly an inspiration for youth around the world. All the, all that you've done in the education space, music industry, and how you've been able to give back and actually help and support Individuals to help them achieve their own passion. And that's honestly what the podcast is about. And that's why we were so excited to have you on because I feel like your mission and vision definitely resonates with uh, what we're trying to do with this podcast. So thanks again. So I'll jump into it. I'll jump into the first question that we have for you. So you are a care lever and you have your own YouTube channel. I've watched a lot of your videos on the YouTube channel. Uh, if you maybe want to explain a little bit about what that YouTube channel is and how that kind of started. So, like, what kind of drove that interest and that motive to start that YouTube channel and to carry it on to this point that you have it at currently?
0: Sure. Um, So firstly, just for anyone who doesn't know, a care leaver in the UK is someone who has spent time as a child in the UK's foster care system. So I went into care when I was a teenager and it was it was a part of like my my identity that i just ignored for so long like after i left the care system when i was 18 uh, i went to oxford and i didn't tell anyone that i had been in care because i was really worried i was going to get stereotyped against i was worried people were going to like you know I don't know like you know when you watch movies and in high school they're like really mean to you I just assumed I was gonna get that (laughs) I thought they were gonna be like jokes about being an orphan or something. I don't know why but I always just (laughs) I definitely don't assume the worst in people all the time but for some (laughs) reason I was like oh yeah I'm gonna get bullied at Oxford. Um, and the point is, I wasn't. And when I did finally decide in my third year that I was gonna start telling people about my childhood, I realized very quickly that people kind of didn't care and it wasn't that big as big of a deal as I thought it was gonna be. But the one thing I did realize is people didn't care because they didn't actually know what a care lever was. A lot of my mates had never met someone who had been through the care system. And I thought, okay, this is quite interesting. Why don't I make a video? Uh, about being a care leaver and having gone to Oxford. Uh, I was actually the first care leaver to go to my college at Oxford. So it was like kind of a big deal. So I made this video and within like the first, like 24 hours, it got over 2000 views and like a really positive reaction from like my Oxford cohort. And I thought, okay, maybe I should start talking about this more. And so when I graduated from Oxford uh, a few months later, I started getting asked to be in like the press, like I had an interview in The Guardian, which is a big newspaper in the UK. Uh, I was featured in The Big Issue, another big publication in the UK. And I thought, okay, I'm going to use this platform and I'm going to start talking to people just, you know, via YouTube. And I made a very small YouTube channel and just started making videos being like, hi, I'm Sophia and I'm a care leaver. And that's how care leaver Sophia was born.
1: Wow, that is an amazing story. And like the fact that you're able to Take your own experience and understand and be empathetic, and realize that other people might have that same feeling, that same experience, and be able to, you know, to go through and offer a support network for them. Because I feel like that's something that you would have appreciated and what you would have liked when you were starting. So that's cool. Yeah, I
0: know, 100%. Like one of the, sorry.
1: (laughs) No, go ahead. No, go ahead.
0: One of the main reasons I started the channel is because when I first went into care um, I did you know what any teenager would do and I went onto YouTube and looked to see if there were any bloggers or vloggers or whatever who had talked about being in care because before I went into care I didn't know anyone who was a foster kid. I I hadn't met anyone and I was like oh my god is there anyone else out there has anyone Mm -hmm. else been through this. And I was really like disenfranchised with the fact I couldn't find anyone. And I ended up binge watching a series called The Fosters, which had just been released in the US. And it was about a foster family. And that's what got me through like a fictional, you know, TV series, which is really weird to think about. And if I watch it back now, it's like full of inaccuracies. But at the time, that was like my support. And yeah. so that that's one of the reasons I started the channel, because I was like, I want someone to if they happen to type in foster kid or care leaver uk or whatever into youtube i want to be able to come up and be like hi this is my experience but also check out this 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 and this and just try and give like accessibility to resources and stuff that i found really useful during care and afterwards
1: that's that's fantastic and like yeah it's interesting too because like you obviously have the ability to Uh, look at what tools and resources are available with like the growing trends of the internet and kind of step outside of yourself and see oh there's other people who want that how can I connect with them how can I build Mm -hmm. up a support system so that's that's amazing and I feel like even for me when I'm watching podcasts and listening to it like it's like-minded people you honestly even feel like you're in the same room as them and it, it definitely helps you to Uh, To carry on to go forward. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, and I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people who are listening now and probably want to start their own, you know, YouTube series and are unsure of the impact that they'll make. So you know, Sophia said, just go and do it, and you know, you'll get positive impact if you're doing it for the right reasons. So that's awesome. So I know Amelia; she's studying engineering at Western, and she's really interested in like, you know, research. And there's probably I'm sure Amelia has done so many different, you know, articles and like research papers and you're always going through looking for all these different journals and trying to find ones that are available because a lot of them are like locked and you have to put in like your university code to get it. (laughs) It's like the common stress of every student. So I know Amelia has a quick question for you about your podcast.
2: Yeah. So just to start off, I guess, um, why did you decide to launch the podcast?
0: Sure. Um, So yeah, I manage a podcast called Who Cares About Research? And it's essentially uh, a really accessible platform that um, sort of shares cutting edge research in the field of I call it social research and basically that just encompasses any kind of research that affects society in some way. So like, for example, we've made episodes on drug traffic, drug trafficking in the UK. We've made episodes on how predicted grades can affect students from um, various socioeconomic backgrounds. We've made episodes on stress in social workers. We've made episodes on um, child abandonment in South Africa. You know, we've covered loads of different stuff. And the way it all started is I, as someone who is not, you know, an academic by training, you know, I'm not doing a PhD, I, I don't work for university, but I kind of started to realize that there was all this amazing research being done out there and the people it was the, who were being researched weren't finding out about it. And the way this happened was, because as I've said before, I kind of got a bit of press behind the fact I was the first foster kid to graduate from my college at Oxford, I started getting invited to speak at academic conferences last year as a lived experience voice. So last year, I was invited to the University of Cambridge, or sorry, Cambridge University, uh, to speak at their Access and Widening Participation conference. And I was on the first panel of the day, it was really fun, you know, I spoke a bit about being a care leaver at like a prestigious university. And then I decided to stay for the rest of the conference because, you know, there was free food. Uh, and also, yeah. you know, I wanted to, I wanted Always to learn about like other stuff as well, but you know, you know, food. <laughs> um, so yeah, I decided to stay. And the next panel was about students from uh, sort of lower socioeconomic backgrounds going on to university. And I thought, hey, this relates to me kind of, cause you know, I went from foster care to uni. And I was sat in this presentation and I was looking at all these incredible stats they had up in front of me. And I was like, wow, something must have really changed in the last few years because all these stats I'm looking at are so positive. You know, more more people uh, are going to uni than ever before from diverse backgrounds. This is really exciting. And then I saw a percentage that didn't make sense to me because having grown up in the care system, I was always told that 6% of care go to university. And that's a really like damning state, like uh, s- stat to hear, yeah. you know, 6%, it sounds tiny. And I saw this figure up and it said 12%. And I was like, okay, that, that must've changed like so recently. And then I saw when that stat had come out in a paper and it said 2014, and I thought, but I went to uni in 2014, why don't, why don't I know that? Why do the major publications keep putting that stat out there? And that's when I started to realize that was sort of like the first cog where I went, huh, we're not getting the cutting edge information. The 6% stat is from a paper that was put out in like 2000. So that's like 20 years old. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so I went on this thing called campaign boot camp last year, which is a week long course for like social activists. So I was working with people who uh, were working to uh, like work with refugees who were working with um, people in prison, who are working with, um, you know, various things like um, borders and uh, police brutality, stuff like that. And yeah, they're all incredible leaders and I started talking to them about their fields and they were like, we know there's great research out there being done about our fields, but yeah, we can't access it because it's behind paywalls and we don't know anyone in universities. So... I thought, you know what, why don't I do a PhD about this, because I really love applying to do courses for some reason, as I am doing my second master's right now. Uh, So I thought, you know what, I'll do a PhD. And I, I rung up my friend on Zoom, who's a postdoc at Oxford, and I said, can I have a Zoom call with you and can you talk me out of doing a PhD? And she was like, lol, okay, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) So I had this two hour talk with her. And at the end of the talk, I realized I didn't want to do a PhD because I hate writing. (laughs) She says doing a master's in journalism. I hate writing. Um, Actually, why don't I start a podcast? Because I realized instead of adding to the already like unread amount of literature out there, why don't I try and disseminate it via an accessible platform? And as I used to be a radio presenter, I already had all the audio equipment needed and it kind of made the most sense. And so yeah this all started in March I ended up hiring a team of 8 and yeah we're we're one no two episodes away now from finishing season 1 Wow Yeah that's
2: definitely super cool and it's like a new format right like you don't typically expect research to be presented that way and it's like yeah. a lot more accessible for people for sure
0: yeah, that's that's kind of what we're hoping. Um, and I, I think what's been really interesting is my friends who have you know listened to it and also people that I wouldn't expect to be that interested in research. And I kind of think that's why one of the reasons I called it who cares about research because who does care and who should care? Mm. The, uh, the format of each podcast is we interview sort of high-ranking um, researchers and these can be like professors at, at big universities across the world. We've covered like four countries so far. And at the start of each episode, we, we ask, who cares about your research? And they say, oh, you know, my students. Oh, you know, this this person in government. Oh, you know this. And at the end, we ask who should care. About your research and they go actually this community needs to get access to my research actually this person in government needs to hear it actually everyone needs to learn about this and it's really interesting and i think it helps us decide how we share information and who is the most important person to get this research to
1: yeah i really like no yeah go ahead amelia
2: oh no i was just going to say that like i think your podcast is definitely like one of the ways that people will like start to get access to this research and then hopefully uh, when they say like these people should be hearing about the research Mm. like eventually we can reach that point for sure
0: I really want to like develop this further. So right now, this is kind of like the beginning of what I want Who Cares About Research to be. I'd love to see it in the future sort of become a platform. I don't know if that would be like a website or what kind of thing. But I want this to be the start where you can get access to papers or sort of be put in the right direction to get access to papers that are easy to read, like an accessible language. Uh, or I'm thinking about developing the podcast so it covers different areas for example I'm really interested in medicine I think everyone is especially in this time of COVID you know I want to learn about cutting-edge drug trials I want to learn about you know a disease that my uncle had or something you know I I think more than ever that's another sort of um, area I'd like to cover so I'd love to see who cares about research look at various different topics not just social research in the future.
1: Yeah, I think like that ability to link what's available to, you know, communities that really need it, right? Like that final question of who should care about this research is like, that's definitely like the most important question, right? Because that's what, that's, you want to optimize those communities, right? Because they'll probably benefit the most from it. So yeah, wow, that's amazing. Very inspiring. That's, that's so cool. So I think, I know Amelia had another question about, probably related to impact, because like, You know, I recently just graduated as a student. Amelia is currently a student. And one of the biggest things is like, how do you, you know, measure like the impact
0: Mm. that
1: you have? And, you know, it's one thing to go and do it. And then it's like, are there certain metrics that you use? So I know, I think Amelia had just a quick question about that. And I'm definitely interested as well uh, to hear kind of like how you measure impact, things like that.
2: Yeah so the question is just like what impact have you seen from your work in the educating uh, education sector but just like sort of what personally you've experienced and what you've seen from your work yeah.
0: Sure Um, so what's really exciting is we're on season one and we've put out 10 episodes and we're already seeing um, I guess not maybe impact isn't strictly the right turn but like something we're definitely seeing something that's happening because of yeah. this podcast um so firstly we are putting in an application uh for uh, a national like institute of research who might be coming in to sort of shadow our project over a 12 month period and they will be recording what impact it has and we'll be looking specifically at who is not watching who is listening to the podcast you know what kind of groups whether it's those who are actually involved in the research or those who are involved in practice or those who know nothing about the subject uh, which is going to be really interesting and will tell us a bit more about you know exactly how much impact it's having on a kind of like personal level I've had a lot of amazing messages from researchers from just you know people my age uh, like loads of random people on social media have reached out and said this is brilliant (laughs) like thank you which is you know always great for the ego but also just really exciting to hear Um, because you know when you're recording a a podcast and you know my present my co-presenter and I didn't meet until we'd recorded about seven episodes together so oh, it, it so can funny. feel a bit like detached when you're all in separate rooms across the world really because we're interviewing people across the world um, and you think you know oh you're just recording something on a mic and then editing together and putting it out but it is actually having an impact so on the 5th of December the podcast is getting its first award which is really exciting it's from Roundtable. Uh, And it is a global youth award for empowerment in the UK. And it's uh, an award that goes to a project that's led by someone between the ages of 11 to 25. So I just come in there as a 23 year old. And yeah, I'm really, really proud. You know, I told my producers, um, earlier this week and they all got really excited <laughs> which is really cool and it, it's it's quite nice to receive something like that so early on in our journey because the amount of imposter syndrome I've had over the last few months like leading a team of so my team is made up of really like senior lecturers and professors at university it's made up of PhD students it's made up of uh, an incredible artist an incredible Uh, Musician. It's made up of a research director. Like, I felt so out of place, and to know that I've created and led this project that is now having like real world impact is just so exciting and so humbling. And yeah, I can't wait to do
1: more. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That is an amazing award. Oh my goodness. A moment of applause. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) No, that's fantastic. Uh, so that's super cool. And like, so I have a question for myself because like, I'm really into music. Like I play piano and like I produce and I'm currently working full-time at a, a music tech company. And like, I was so interested to Jeez. see your background in music and like, you know, the fact that you've played saxophone, you're, you know, the director, president at your university at one point and the impact that you've made. Uh, so I have a question from my end. So I'll, I'll share that with you now. So basically, you know, You've been in the music, you know, music industry for a long time. You went to a specialist music school as a kid. As I said, you've been playing sax for sixteen years. Is it sixteen years
0: sixteen years? Oh yeah. my
1: goodness, I love the saxophone. <laughs> and sax- a half. <laughs> and a half. I love. Honestly, like I just love jazz, and the saxophone just like adds that element of um just like it just really fits with like that whole genre And i know you can play sax (laughs) yeah and like just it's just a cool instrument you know like you hold it to the side you just get like all these really (laughs) cool points when you when you're able to play uh but you know you've worked for bbc you're you know various into like various international opera houses as well uh during the pandemic you've been offering free mentorship and you're also the youngest trustee for the charity youth music so you know obviously you have a lot of experience in that field but for someone who's interested and who's maybe just kind of starting their journey like how did you get into the music industry and kind of get to where you are now?
0: Sure, um, so something that's always been quite important to me is I do a lot of advocacy stuff in the sort of foster care and caregiver world and obviously I have this project now about um, accessibility and disseminating research But I've also just been really strong in my head that I've wanted a career in music for a really, really long time. And something I noticed when I sort of came out of the foster care system is there were a lot of sort of famous former foster kids, but the problem was that was kind of their job role. They were just famous for having been foster kids. And I thought, I don't want to be that for foster kids. I want to like go on and have my own career whilst also saying, hi, you know, this is my background. Um, you don't have to grow up and be a famous foster kid you can grow up and be like you know the CEO of a music tech business you know you can grow yeah. up and be a lawyer you can grow up and be a doctor whatever you want and um, so it was really important to me that alongside all of this I was still developing my career and I've known I wanted to be in music for so so long like I started playing the saxophone when I was seven which is a (laughs) long time now Um, and yeah I just I adore music with all my heart Um, yeah I went to a specialist music school in the UK called Purcell where I was literally just like practicing (laughs) 24-7 my degree at Oxford was in music and I think how I got into the music industry so quickly was just when I was at uni I was like okay you're you're going to do as many internships as possible you're going to say yes to every opportunity and the first internship I ever got was at the BBC and I interned at the BBC Proms which is a massive festival of classical music over summer and I just knew I had to like try everything I possibly could um, to make sure that I could have this future career and I've been so lucky and I think that's because like I like to say I've been so lucky but I also think I've made my own luck I'm Mm -hmm. someone who loves LinkedIn. Like I think LinkedIn is like one of the best platforms out there because I have slid into so many DMs and been like, hi, I love your career path, um, but I don't know how you did it. Can you like chat to me? So last year I decided, you know what? I want a mentor because I think I'm at a good stage in my career that I want to start looking at sort of managing directing positions by the end of my 20s. So I made a list of my top three favorite like female CEOs in the music industry in the UK and Mm -hmm. I sent all of them a various like email or LinkedIn DM depending on if I could find their address and two out of three of them never replied which is fine but one of them did after two months she sent me a LinkedIn DM and said this is my email email me so I emailed her and I said meet me for coffee and she was like okay and yeah we've been working together for 12 months now and she's the artistic director of the Royal Albert Hall which is a really massive venue in the UK. And she is just my absolute rock. Like she is incredible. And she's helped me into my new position, which is a managerial role at, you know, a music tech company, which is insane (laughs) and so exciting. And yeah, I love my new job literally as of today i've been doing it for like two weeks (laughs) so i might still be in the honeymoon phase but you know i love it because it's it's managing people and networks and business but also like so deeply rooted in music yeah it's just it's very exciting
1: that is so cool and yeah like linkedin is like the perfect place to connect with people right and like to share like-minded thoughts and um yeah, like I feel like when you say you reach out to three people and like two didn't reply, I feel like that's just like the common statistic, right? But it's that one, right? That's why you always like one. push for that one. That's and then, all you, like, need.
0: you just need. And she one. was my favorite out of the three. I mean, I'm not just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was. And so, yeah, sorry, in an answer to your question, if you are looking at getting into the music or any industry, I would always say sort of reach out to those who have already done it and say, you know, can I have a coffee with you? Because the worst thing they can say is no. Exactly, And there's a very good chance because everyone has an ego that they're not going to say, no, they're going to say, actually, yeah, I'd love to talk about myself, you know, (laughs) come listen to me for a bit.
1: (laughs) That is so cool. I've honestly learned so much, like just through your story and being able, you know, to network and to look for opportunities and capitalize on them. Right. And I'm sure like your, your track record has already proven that you're obviously like hardworking and determined. And like, I'm sure that she saw that and the fact that there is an alignment allowed you to take that opportunity. So yeah, that's really inspiring. And I'm sure a lot of people watching are like, like, wow, you know, I should have done that. Or maybe they, <laughs> they will now. So so that's really yeah. cool. So I have uh we do have a section where we just ask some, you know, funny questions just to kind of get to know you. So I have one question for you. The question is if you were to have any superpower in the world, what do you think that superpower would be?
0: Teleportation. teleportation like I watched I watched the film jumper like when I was a kid I love that movie oh right it's so good and there's just this bit where he like teleports to the top of a pyramid and I'm just like (laughs) you know what I would I would love to just teleport somewhere like it's great for, great for climate change I'm not taking a plane anywhere I (laughs) love to travel so that that's something that really like um confuses me a lot because like I love the environment but I also love to travel so if I could teleport that'd be fantastic you know teleport to the top of a mountain somewhere just play the saxophone to nature (laughs) it'd be great
1: yeah honestly that movie like I think that even the special effects like what it looks like like when they go boom and like they just pop out in like
0: another area
1: that was like as a kid I was like wow this is this has got to be like the best the best thing ever I just feel (laughs) like they made it so real to me like
0: 100%. It's I definitely tried.
1: real. <laughs> As a kid I'm like this has to be real. I would like try to do it like just like think really hard. <laughs> and uh yeah, no I that's that's so funny that you say that. But honestly Sophia, thank you so much for for being on the show today. Like we really appreciate all your, you know, your insight and your feedback into your story and how you've taken, you know, your initial interest and passion for different aspects of life, like with education, giving back to your community, and not only just thinking about it, but putting it it into practice and actually building your own community, your own network, and looking at opportunities, capitalizing on them, and obviously, being rewarded for all the work that you've done. So I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people, as I've said consistently throughout this episode. And that's what our, our podcast is all about. It's all about inspiring the youth and giving them, you know, a push and a head start. Or like Sophia can do it, so you can too.
0: That's right.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And the big question is, you know, who cares about research? But who should care about this research? And who should you be connecting with? Who should have? you know, the value that you are creating. And those those are really important questions that you should ask yourself. And I'm I know Sophia's taken the time to like reflect and you know be not reactive, but actually be proactive in, in her decision making. And I definitely it's it I've seen that as a common theme. And I think that's definitely one of the big aspects that's contributed to her success and being clear on what you want and then going for it and knowing that you can do it as long as you're confident. So That's awesome. Uh, Honestly, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate you being on. And with that, I just wanna say thank you and I hope everyone enjoys their day. Thanks for watching.